1: Over three hundred thousand travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Fortman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: If you have a Bible, lift a hand. And uh, I, if you don't have a hand, lift your foot. If you don't have a foot, do the hokey pokey and do something. I'm just, I'm just joking. Amen. Put your hands in the air and uh, let's make this confession of faith together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am. Because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10, and I win in Jesus' name. Remain standing, I want you to go to Hosea chapter 12. Hosea chapter 12, verse number 13. Say, I am, I am. a man of steel. Now, if you're a woman, just replace when I say man of steel, just replace it with woman. Say, I am, I am. a man of steel. Now, now, here, now, you need to understand, that means you're not chump change. That, that, that means you've had some failures, but you're not a failure. That means you've made some mistakes, but you're not a mistake. Just your neighbor say, you don't have a clue who you're sitting next to. Now, now I am... a man of steel steel. now Hosea 12 13 by a prophet prophet just means one who speaks on behalf of the Lord so that means man of God say by a man of God God, the Lord Lord brought Israel out of of Egypt Egypt. look at me watch this it's always been God's order that he uses a man of God to bring you out of stuff Egypt represents limitations trouble stress drama lack mess, issues touch your neighbor say my man of God has been assigned to me and I've been assigned to him to come out of Egypt. Can you take 20 seconds to just thank God for the fact that whatever drama, stress, issues, whatever that's been, that you're coming out of that? Oh no, I need some radical people here. You ain't staying in Egypt no longer. You ain't staying in bad relationships any longer. You're not staying in drama and mess any longer. Somebody, honey I'm coming out. But wait a minute, though tell me now it's not the issue for most people for most people the issue is the second part of the verse verse and by a what, what is, man, prophet there means what man of God he was preserved wait, wait a minute which means whatever and whoever brought you out is the same one that's going to keep you out the issue some folk have is they come to church and they hear the word from the man of God just to come out of their issues. But when they're out of their issues, they stop listening to that same word and they go back into those issues. But you, I speak it into your life. You ain't just coming out of whatever Egypt you've been in, but you're going to be preserved and you're going to stay out of that Egypt. High five your neighbor and say, not only are you coming out of Egypt, you're staying out of Egypt. How do I know? Because everybody under the sound of my voice connected to harvest. This year it's God's desire for you to be on 10. Experiencing the best of the best people, places, things, and ideas. This year it's God's desire for you to be shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. But how does that happen? Put the verse up. How does that happen? By a man of God. Let's say it another way. By a man of steel. Now, I want you to hear this. I'm not building me up. I'm building Jesus up. But I got to teach you his principles through his patterns so you can experience progress. Say, when I learn his principles through his patterns, I'll experience progress. Now you ought to look at your neighbor and say, get ready for the greatest progress of your life. It's going to happen quick, fast and in a hurry. Father speak to us today Caleb may customize this word for us your people that we would move and walk in the things that you have ordained I thank you that you are raising up a church full of men of steel full of women of steel full of kids of steel full of students of steel that means that we know how to stand firm in the name of Jesus we thank you that no weapon that is formed against us would prosper and every tongue that rises in judgment we thank you that it is condemned speak to us in this house today in Jesus name somebody shout hallelujah as you take your seats, have five, two or three people, introduce the message to and watch the title, say the Pygmalion Effect, the Pygmalion Effect, Pygmalion Effect, you can be seated, I'll explain what that means in just a moment, throughout the Bible it is crystal clear that God's order, say his order, Uh, or god's pattern has always been that he gave people a man of god who would lead his people by teaching them his ways through his word and providing leadership in fact in the bible culture was built around church and around god it's so interesting because today it would appear that culture is now trying to make the church build around it opposed to culture building around the church people didn't aspire in the days of the scripture to be entertainers they didn't aspire to be ball players they didn't aspire to be rap aspire to be rappers they didn't aspire to do any of that they aspired to be men of god and watch this call the role moses joshua elijah elisha samuel paul timothy titus the list goes on and on of men of god who get- God gave to his people as a gift to them. And the concept of spiritual leadership has often been misunderstood, misrepresented, and often mistaught, causing many people to have unnecessary lost drama and confusion. And if that's been you, I declare that's over in your life so in this life giving series we're going to learn the uh, the who what where when and why of spiritual leadership so you can maximize the gift god has given you in your man of god hear me it is not about worshiping a man it is about adherence to the principles of scripture because good spiritual leadership is god's gift to you say good leadership is god's gift to me in fact you need to know that poor leadership is god's rebuke to a people so whenever you're given good leadership, you ought to shout because that means God is awarding you. Now, God's desire for you is to be a man of steel. Say man of steel. Man of steel. Now remember, if you're a woman, just replace a woman with a man. But I'm not going to say man or woman. That's going to take too much preaching time. God's desire for you is to be a man of steel. Say man of steel. When you hear that phrase, the iconic superhero, Superman, probably comes to mind because of his superhuman strength. In fact, this morning I was telling him at the 915 uh, that one of the pastors on our network sent me a text and he said, uh, Bishop, I think Batman's going to be a little jealous of you preaching about uh, Superman uh, in this particular series. And I just said, well, he's just going to have to get over for this particular month because for this particular month, probably the only month I'll ever do this probably ever, I'm going to speak about Superman. <laughs> Say Man of Steel. Now, watch this. What's significant is that steel, uh, that word originates from the Proto-Germanic adjective that means to stand firm. So when we say the man of steel, what that really means is a man that knows how to stand firm, which means it doesn't matter what storm comes my way, I'll stand. Doesn't matter what trouble comes my way, I'll stand. Doesn't matter who lies on me, I'll stand. Doesn't matter what comes against me, I'll stand. I think there's some people on your row that can testify that you were already a man of steel and didn't even know it. How do you know? Because out of all the hell you've been through, out of all the betrayal you've been through, out of all the trouble you've been through, you're still standing firm. And you may have rocked a little bit, and you may have shaken a little bit, but look at you in church today. Look at you giving God praise. Look at you saying, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Touch your neighbor say, I'm a man of steel. That means I know how to stand firm, and I think there's some people in here where well, you've seen this in your own life. I'm not just here to just passively let life happen to me. I was born to happen to life, which means I knew how to stand firm. And the storms may blow, and the wind may blow, and the rain may come, but watch me keep on. High five, your neighbor. Say, keep on standing. Even if family drops you, keep on st- Even if that relationship fails, keep on st- Even if they take the job, keep on standing. Say, I am a man of steel. Now watch this. Steel, steel, steel is uh, the way we re- look at Superman because steel has what's uh, called a high tensile strength. And tensile strength is the maximum stress a particular material can withstand while being stretched or pulled apart before it breaks. Quiet, church. Uh, This is the opposite of compressive strength. Compression means if I push it down, how much can it take before it caves in? Tensile strength means if I pull it apart and I stretch it and I make it start doing things it's never done and I make it learn skills it's never learned and I make it grow and I expand its capacity, how much can it take before it breaks apart? Can I speak it into somebody's life? This whole year, God has been stretching you, and He wanted to expand your capacity. He needed to expand your pain threshold. Touch your neighbor, say he was building your steel strength. So steel now has a high tensile strength. It's the maximum stress it can withstand while being stretched or pulled before it breaks. Say, I wasn't built. Come on, talk to me. Say, I wasn't built to break. Say I was born for this. Say I was made for this. Stop sitting complaining about the hand you've been dealt in life. God knew that you were the one that had the tensile strength to handle it. Stop complaining about what hasn't worked in your life. God said that's a man of steel. That's a woman of steel. You were built for this. I just had to pull it out of you. I just had to and that's what the hell you've been going through has been about. God says I just had to pull strength out of you. You didn't know what's in you. Say I am a man of steel now now watch this now 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 now, 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 now. you're saying Bishop, what in the world does this have to do you're talking about spiritual leadership and all that well what does this have to do with me well because you need to understand that uh, God gives you a man of steel Amen. so point number one note takers God gives me a man of steel why does he do that because to become a man or woman of steel Jesus the ultimate man of steel gives you a man of steel to become one he gives you one why whatever you behold you become whatever you behold you become so he had to give you a curse breaker so you could become a curse breaker. He had to give you somebody that could plant a church in a region of the United States. They call the church planters graveyard, but that could break statistics, not for man's glory, but for God's glory. He had to do that so you could break some statistics. You're not hearing what I'm saying. To become a man of steel, Jesus, the ultimate man of steel, gives you a man of steel. Jeremiah 315. We're going to go through several scriptures. Say so he gave me a man of steel. Now, you need to understand this because in order for you to be the man of steel, you need to now understand God has given you a man of steel. All right. Jeremiah 315. And I will give you shepherds or pastors according to my heart or mind. This is God speaking who will feed you with knowledge. That's what to do and understanding. That's how to do it. Now, watch this, which means when you come to church, you are not just coming to be entertained. This is not a show. I'm not a monkey. I ain't junking through no hoops. I'm not going to spit. I know the circus is in town. I'm not going to spit fire out my mouth. I ain't doing none of that. You come here to be fed with knowledge and understanding, which means you come in here to train so you can go out there and reign. Testament say this is not some game church is not just some hobby that I go to and dress up and put some little hat on and cross my legs and sit up and look cute and all that church is where I come to get some knowledge and come to get some understanding so when I go through Monday, take this when I go through Tuesday, take this when I go through Wednesday, you don't want none just your neighbor say I learned here to reign rule, conquer and subdue That's the kind of life God made for you to have. You ain't supposed to be no chump change. You ain't supposed to be at the bottom of the bell. You may start at the bottom, but now. Numbers 27, 16. Say, he gave me a man of steel. Numbers 27, 16. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shed a what? Man over the congregation. Verse 17. Who may go out before them and go in before them. Who may lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep who have no shepherds. Say, I have a shepherd. So for everybody wondering were well, you're a professional visitor and you've been wondering, I'm your shepherd. That ought to be good news because now you know you want it. Now you know you need it. Now you know it matters that you're here. Touch your neighbor and say, I just found my shepherd. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And whenever God gives you a man of steel, it's a reflection of what he thinks about you. And I'm not being pretentious, but let me just tell you, he thinks you must be the best of the best. He thinks that there must be something incredible you're supposed to do with your life. Verse 17, he says, he says, watch this, watch this, he says, uh, who can go out before them and go in before them. Watch this, which means, watch this church, never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, forever, never, ever, forever, never, forever, by Felicia, never, ever. Let the world pull you into this negative thinking that somehow your man of God should be messed up, jacked up, broke down. What does the verse say? Before you can go in, I got to go in. Before you can go out, I got to go out. Which means whenever you see him do it for your pastor, celebrate because it's getting ready to happen in your life shut your neighbor say it's happening in our lives now only the world wants to create confusion between the pulpit and the pew between the pastor and the people and we ain't going to have that up in here because if they can create if they can mess up God's pattern they interrupt God's principle so then you have people in the congregation who look inside at the man in the pulpit because they've never been taught that the man in the pulpit has been assigned to go out before them and go in before them. How am I going to lead you where I ain't been? How am I going to bring you where I haven't gone? You are not a sheep with no shepherd. God has given you a man of steel. Somebody, hello, I'm not wandering anymore. There is a biblical pattern of God using the man of God to get people out of Egypt. Egypt represents anything you can think of in your life that's negative. Anything you can think of in your life that's limitations. In fact, the word Egypt in Hebrew, it means narrow confinement and limited. Say limitations. You were born to break limitations. I'm going to say it again. You were born to break limitations. Matter of fact, that's been, watch this. Let me preach to somebody. That's been your struggle your whole life. Is that you want to break limitations, yet everybody you've been around is limited. So your whole struggle, your whole life has been that you always felt like you didn't fit with this, didn't fit with that, didn't fit with this. Because you're like, I'm supposed to break limitations. That's why he sent you to me. That's why he sent you to this house. Because you finally found where you fit. High five your neighbor say, I fit here. What's this? There is a biblical pattern of God using the man of God to get the people out of Egypt. Watch this. And Egypt out of them. Remember in Hosea, they didn't just come out of Egypt. The scripture says, and he was preserved. Say, I'm coming out of every Egypt, and it's coming out of me. Now, now watch this. That's God's pattern. Wherever you see a pattern, you're going to discover a principle. Wherever you follow the principle, you're going to experience progress. Get it with me, church. Wherever there's a pattern, there is a principle. Follow the principle, you'll experience progress. So can I call the roll to show you the pattern? Now, this is a partial role. It ain't everybody on the role, but I just want to give you enough folk on the role that you understand. In the book of Exodus, it was the man of God, Moses, whose name in Hebrew means Moshe, which means to draw out or to pull out. That when God sends you a man of God and assigns you to him and him to you, watch this, I will Moshe you. What does that mean? I'll pull out of you what you didn't know was there. I'll pull some gifts and some talents and skills out of you. You didn't know what were there. At the same time, we'll pull some pain out of you. You didn't know was there. We'll pull some generational curses out of you. I wish I had a witness up in here. I'll draw stuff out of you. You didn't even know. Moses' name meant to draw out. Got it? he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, which in Hebrew means limitations, after they followed him out. It was the man of God, Moses, that took Joshua, whose last name or surname was the son of Nun. That was his father. Nun in Hebrew means limitations. And when he followed Moses' instructions, the potential that was in him was unlocked. In Second Kings, it was the man of God, Elijah, that brought the widow woman out of, the, uh, out of limitations. It was the man of God. Elijah that brought Elisha out of the mundane and limited existence of ox herding that when he followed his instructions he became a version of himself that he never knew was possible it was the man of God the apostle Paul that took the limitations off of Timothy took the limitations off of Titus and I'm here to tell you it's the man of God standing before you God has assigned to your life to take the limitations off of your life How five your neighbor say come out of those limitations now I don't want you to hear this as pretentious and I was telling you this morning. You ever you ever had a friendship, or relationship, or something where you always had to get a third party to come uh, get the relationship together? A family member and I we used to run these uh, we used to run these interventions. And uh, and so every time there was some stuff going on in the family or whatever, particular couples and people or whatever, then we'd show up. We we we'd get in the car and we'd show up and we'd roll up and I you know and we'd be good cop bad cop. <laughs> but mostly just everybody to get it together cop and so we show up and we get everybody straight we'd be like y'all got about 24 y'all got 30 minutes to get this together all we know is we showed up and it's going to be fixed by the time we leave now now because <laughs> yeah, we said we ain't got time for all of this drama and all of that we don't do that here that's not what we do here now that's now but here's the principle if you always need a third party to come in to talk about, uh, to get the relationship straight, to get the relationship on course, to get the relationship in order, that's really demonstrating that there is a communication breakdown. Amen. So in this month of pastor appreciation, where we're going to talk about this today, and the rest of this year is really going to open up the book of you, say the book of me. That's what we're going to do with the, most of the, the rest of this series. But I wanted to open up dealing with this because I don't, I, I'm not gonna, I don't need a third party to come in to talk about our relationship. The pastor and the people the man of God, and the people of God. So if we can't get this together amongst ourselves, we don't need no third party coming in to do it. Are you catching the principle? So as I'm teaching this, I want you to hear it's not pretentious. I just got to teach you God's pattern where you'll see God's principle so you can make progress. Say it again with me. When I see God's pattern, I'll discover God's principle so I can see progress. Now, 1 Corinthians 4.15. Watch this, church. I says, 1 Corinthians 4.15, this is Apostle Paul speaking and this is a powerful scripture because sometimes in, in, in church and sometimes in the body of Christ, there's a lot of teaching that sometimes goes forth that's not biblical so, so sometimes you'll hear people talking stuff that's just not, it's extra textual it's not in the text, now let me, see, let me show you what God's after, say this is what God is after, is God is after. come on, talk to me 11.15 say this is, is this is what God is after somebody online, holler at me, this is what God's after I know you ain't online but just kind of go with it though Everybody, everybody, say, this is what God is after. This is what, God is after. For, this is what Paul, Paul says, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ. Now, uh, instructor there translates into Greek, which means head slaves. He says, you got a lot of folk teaching you how to be slaves to messed up stuff. Well, you just, you know, stuff. just because a person has a mic doesn't mean they have a mind. Just <laughs> because they have a pulpit doesn't mean they have any business preaching okay I want to preach now that's why the scripture says and no wonder Satan transforms himself into an angel of light angel there is the word pastor which means Satan pastors most churches in the world because they won't tell you the truth they won't say this is what God says instead they're just trying to tickle your ears to make you feel good well I want you to feel good but I also want you to have some progress I want you to feel good but I also want you to have some fruit verse though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, slaves, head slaves that means there, you do not have many fathers say life givers for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel watch this next verse, it's for the sake of your mind verse 16 says therefore I urge you imitate Jesus, nope follow Jesus, nope trust the lord no seek the lord no therefore i urge you what did paul say when i move you move just like that therefore i urge you paul said imitate me don't worship me but god gave you an example of how to move how to rule how to reign how to conquer how to subdue he he said he said, therefore, I urge you. What did Paul say? Imitate me. Now, this is, this is problematic because most folk are trying to change God's pattern. You're trying to bypass the gift he gave you and the man of God talking about me and God got our own thing. That's not his pattern. That's not his principle. It's quiet, church. Can I just teach you deep like I want to? Why in the world did Jesus come in the first place? Jesus is the Anthropos. He is the God-man. Some God. You can't believe he's man. Some is man. You cannot believe he's God. He is God in a body. When the scripture says son of God, it does not mean God had a son. It meant that God duplicated himself and put himself in the earth. There are not now three gods. There is not a father, son, and Holy Ghost, three separate people. No, there's one God who manifested himself in three different uh, forms. Uh, just like you might be a mother. You might also be a daughter. You might also be an employee. But there's still one you. Three manifestations of the one you. Why was Jesus? Why did he come in the first place? Now, oh, he came to die for our sins. Well, why did he do that? Why couldn't he have just done it from heaven? Because he wanted to give an illustration of what this whole system of God's kingdom is supposed to look like. So he comes, watch this, and submits himself to himself. That's why he said, Me and my father are one. Well, who's the father? He is. Well, who is he? He is the father the father and he they are the same but he came to give an example of what the kingdom is supposed to look like he said watch me follow you follow me I'll follow him harvest you follow me I'll follow him that's been his pattern touch your neighbor say that's his pattern that's his principle that's why some of y'all get all kind of discouraged I just don't know what God is saying because you're breaking the pattern God has been speaking for the last 20 minutes I'm not God don't get it twisted and don't be putting words in my mouth Denver I can't tell you how many folk just decided they read the pattern, heard the pattern. I mean, you know, I just don't believe it applies to me. They messed up, jacked up, broke down, busted, disgusted, tied up, tangled up. But you, you are a man of steel. <laughs> Means you have the ability to stand firm. Say God gave me a man of steel. Notice the principle. He said, Paul said, listen, all you need to do is what? What did he say? He didn't say duplicate me. He didn't say try to go pretend to be me. Often imitated, never duplicated. What he said is imitate. Doesn't say imitate. imitate. So, so what does that mean practically? What does that mean practically? He God says God says says this whole church thing is because God says I'm trying to reproduce the kind of takeover spirit the kind of king spirit the curse breaking spirit the curse breaking mentality i'm trying to duplicate that in the earth so god says the quickest way i do that is i give people something to behold so together they become one more scripture hosea 12:13 you hear church hosea 12:13 we looked at this one by a prophet or man of god the lord brought israel what Out of Egypt. And by a prophet, which means man of God, he was what? Preserved. Now watch this. Here's how some people treat church. When they're going through something, oh, Jesus. Oh, Bishop. Oh, Bishop. Matter of fact, I had a dream yesterday about how somebody came up to me and was crying all over me and snotting all over me. And then two months later, was calling me everything but a child of God because they couldn't get what they wanted. Be quiet, Bishop Foreman. I, I might. I, yeah. See, you don't want me to come on, though, no, because if I come on, I'm going to come on strong. You don't want me to come on. Now, now oh, oh, God, oh, God, get me out. Oh, God, get me out. So they come to church. Bishop. oh, oh. oh. Ooh, you preach me out. Then they come out of Egypt. Then watch this. Some people from their past show up. There's some stuff from their past show up. Then a little drink show up. Then a little smoke show up. Then a little old relationship show up. Then a little whatever show up. And then they ghost, they cast, but they're out of here. You don't see them no more. Because they thought, well, all I needed to do was get out of Egypt. So I'll use the church and I'll use God to get me out of Egypt. I'll use the man of God to get me out of Egypt. Oh, but that ain't how it works. The same man of God that God uses to bring you out of Egypt is the same man of God that will keep you out of Egypt and get Egypt out of you. Touch your name and say, you're not just coming out. You're staying out. By a man of God, the Lord brought them out of limitations and by a man of God, they were preserved. Which brings it to the second point. You hear, church? Yes, sir. Say, I'm lifted, I'm lifted to the level I listen. Today's message is called the Pygmalion Effect, which refers to the phenomenon in which the greater the expectation placed upon people, the greater they perform. To the contrary is the golem effect in psychology, which means the lower an expectation, the lower somebody or something performs. Watch it. Which means everything in my life is performing to the level of my expectation. No, no, I'm going to say it again. Everything in your life is performing to your level of expectation. That's why Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding the money above all that we ask expectation or think expectation. Can I ask you something? What is it that you really, really believe? I mean the thing that consumes your thoughts. The thing that consumes your mental energy. Because that's your real expectation. And things perform at the level of expectation that you set for them. In sociology, you would see this concept even related to socioeconomic situations as it relates to crime and education and a multitude of other things. It means the lower expectation I set, then the lower expecta- or the lower performance. Higher expectation, higher performance. It means things perform at the level of expectations that I set. Now, here's the issue that sometimes we have. When it comes to church, the relationship between the people and the pastor is that expectations have never been properly communicated or articulated and yet they are being anticipated. Bishop, what are you trying to say? See, the Pygmalion effect is a form of self-fulfilling prophecy because you become what you believe. That's what the scripture says. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Heart means mind in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament, which means, watch this, you're not just what you say, you are what you think. Which means sometimes you have to make your thoughts correct your thoughts. Excuse me, you have to make your talk correct your thoughts. I'm going to say it again. Because how many times you ever said, said, oh, I just am believing God for great things. But in your mind you were like. Watch this. So you know what you drew to yourself? Your expectation. Which means sometimes you got to lay your hands on your head. And say, I know for whatever reason you ain't thinking the way you's talking, so I command my thoughts to line up with my talk. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror and lay your hands on yourself and say, I command my thoughts to line up with my talk. Since I talk, I am shalom. Thoughts, you better get in order. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man is, so are his thoughts, which means sometimes I got to reverse it. Doesn't name and say, reverse it you got to reverse it. Sometimes you've got to reverse it. Say reverse it. See, sometimes we think, well, I'm going to think it, then I'll speak it. Sometimes you got to speak it so you think it. Because as you hear yourself say it, you'll make your thoughts line up. Listen, what are you talking about? The Pygmalion effect is self-fulfilling prophecy. You become what you believe. And those beliefs are taught to you by those that lead you. You believe what you believe because of whoever has been leading you. You believe whatever you believe about yourself because of what your mama nim told you, what your daddy nim told you, what your cousin nim told you. Nim is a Southern colloquialism that means "and them." We just cut off a lot of extra words that are unnecessary. Nim just get right to the point. I have to say "and them," just nim. See, you cut your syllables down so you can get it out quicker. Y'all should read your Bibles. (laughs) I'm just joking. Now, now, watch this, watch this, watch this. What do you actually believe? No, really, what do you believe? See, this was seen in the famous Rosenthal-Jacobson psychological study which validated the Pygmalion effect and showed that, watch this, not only do people perform at the level of expectations set for them, watch this, but then a leader reflects what's projected onto them by their followers. Test the principle. Test the name. say, stay with vision. So as your pastor, if I don't set high expectations for what your life can be and I set them low, you may hit the low ones and call that a success. But it's not. It's the golem effect, which means we set it too low and you accomplished it. As your pastor, it is my job to raise your expectations of life and raise your expectations of what life can be and raise your expectations for your marriage, raise your expectations for your family, raise your expectations for your finances so then you can meet them. That's my job. Would you please let me do my job, church? But then watch this, watch this, if we were to put this in context of the pastor and the people relationship, if we don't have clear expectations of what I'm supposed to do and what you're supposed to do, then what we're going to have is problems because if there's no articulated expectation, what is it that we're actually doing? Some of y'all need to ask the folk in your life, like, what are we doing? It's quiet, church. Like, what are you, like, what, and I mentioned this to you, I think, last month in Reset and Reset the Right Relationships. Like, what, what, what's actually being accomplished here? Because if there's no clear path of accomplishment here, and there's no clear expectation, what's going to happen is we're just wasting time. And in the words of that lady on that video, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. Say, clear expectations. All right, so let's, let's see what the expectations are between the pastor and the people. Because if you'll set them high, that's what will be reached. you catch the principle? If I set them high, that's what will be reached. We set them low, that's what will be reached. You got it? Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? All right, now, look at this. Jeremiah 23, 4. God said this. Watch this. Now we're putting this principle in the context of the pastor and people. You got it? Now, I taught it to you so you can use it in every area of your life, but now let's put it in context. Jeremiah 23, 4. God said, I will set up shepherds or pastors over them who will what? 11:15. It is way too quiet. Who will what? Be okay, let's do about two more decibels higher. Be One, two, three. <laughs> now that'll work. Now I can work with that. See what just happened? You missed it. I was teaching you a principle. See what just happened? I could have accepted it down here. But that ain't my job to accept it down here. What I did is made you raise it up here. And you need to start looking at every area of your life and say, I ain't accepting that. I ain't accepting that. You're going to have to come out. Who will what? Feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall there be lacking, says who? The Lord. So God says, I'll give you a pastor. That's what shepherd means there. And the verse says that uh, he's going to feed you. That means he's going to coach you, teach you, lead you, instruct you. And when you follow those instructions, what does God promise you? No more fear, no more dismay, no more lack. Which means if you're scared, if you're in dismay, that means you're stressed out, you're broke down, you're beaten down, you're discouraged or you have lack, what does that mean? You ain't listening. Now does this mean everything gonna be perfect? No. Does this mean you won't have challenges? No. What does it mean? At the end of the day, no more. No more. No more. Say lack is whack. Say dismay go away. So fear get out of here. You can now watch this, watch this. Go record that and put it on SoundCloud. You can have a platinum selling album now. That's all you got to do. No talent needed anymore. They'll put you on that computer and you can be a, you can be a star. And just put, I'm going to be in your video though in the back. I'm going to be like, that's what I said. <laughs> stop, stop, stop it. That's my 1115. Where y'all been? Y'all was sleeping last week. I don't know, there they go. There they go. Where they at? There they go. All right, <laughs> no talent needed. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Have several seats. I don't know. You're just up there, boop a boop a boop da Sit down. Talk about something that I can understand you. You got to get, got to get, they need lower thirds at the bottom so you know what they're saying. No, I'm telling the truth. Like, What? Okay, let me leave that alone. What's uh, oh, this? Oh, uh, say no more lack. Because no lack, lack is whack. Lack no more fear. Just got to get out of here. Dismay has to go away. If you experience those things, you can always be traced to an ignored instruction from a life-giving message. So check this out, church. Your expectation when you come to church has to be whatever I hear from the message today, it is what God is saying to my life. And it's not just a suggestion. It's God's solution. And when I follow those instructions in the messages, I can stand on the promise God obligated himself in Jeremiah 23.4. Let me tell you how I listen. When I listen to my bishop... I'm not listening just for confirmation. I'm not listening just to say, ooh, that's good. I'm listening so I can get some instructions so I can be corrected. Yesterday I was listening. I was like, God, okay, let's get that together. Let's get that together. Opposed to sitting up and saying, I just feel like the preacher was all up in my business. That's the point. Somebody said something very foolish a few weeks ago, and they just said, I just felt like the message was addressed toward me. And I thought, wow, like, isn't that the point? That's called the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost has the ability to speak to one man, to hundreds, and then through digital campuses, thousands of people every week. But yet you feel like it's tailor-made for you. And watch this. Even if you don't feel that way, your Pygmalion effect says, what I heard is what I needed to hear. Because sometimes, sometimes, you ever done this? You ever like opened a Bible and and turned it, and it was like a scripture, like, hmm Nope. Let's hear something else from God. How many people done that? I've done that. I done that. I remember a long time ago. I opened up my Bible, and the old school Bibles, you know one of them burgundy leather ones? And I opened I said, Lord, just show me something. It's like, and the Lord opened up the earth and consumed, I said, No, that is not God's word to me. Satan the Lord rebuke you. Here's the point. Say expectation every time you come into harvest you're not just hearing something that's gonna make you you know just oh that's nice that's nice it is what god wants to speak into your life and when you come to church you have to come with the expectation that every prayer is going to be answered every area i've been confused is going to be made clear i'm not going to walk out of here confused messed up in lack in dismay nor in fear now when listening to the messages then we have to listen for instructions luke 8 18 jesus said this take heed to how you hear in other words he says be careful how you listen because you're not just listening for information you're listening for instructions so i'm not just listening for information i'm listening for instructions jesus said be careful how you listen this is why i always encourage you to get the cds because your notes are what you heard me say the cd is what i said you ever, heard, you ever had a conversation with somebody and, you, and you're like, okay, now what did I say? And they said something totally different than what you just said. And you're like, so who were you listening to? Because I didn't say anything like that. Well, what happens with us? Here's the truth. We only remember 30% of what we hear. So what you're going to see as we navigate through this series is, is you're going to see, you're going to be like, I'm going to be like, I'm done. And you're going to be like, oh, for real? Like, I'm used to Bishop that Like, we got, Bishop, you, you done? What's this? What's this? Because what I've discovered is that it's important that uh, in order for you to be able to get it and take it, I'm a revelator. So when I preach, I'm giving you revelation, I'm giving you information, I'm showing you what's in the text, what's under the text, what's underneath, what's under the text, what he meant when he said it, how minute. meant it. But I decided, I decided yesterday, yesterday I decided, I decided we're going we're gonna to tweak that up a little bit so, so, so that you are able to, watch this, you are able to get clear instructions, say clear instructions. So, Bishop, what do, what do you mean you're going you're to tweak that up? Is we're going to start giving you in the messages as we navigate through this series a challenge each week. And then that challenge is going to, for those of you who use social media, that challenge is going to be part of that. And we're going to tweet about it and connect about it. And for those of you that don't, that's okay. You don't have to get on social media. I don't need you, you to have to get on the Twitter or the Facebook, all that. We're going to give you some other ways to get communicate and all that. So that that challenge becomes the focus for our week. Okay, so so matter of fact, this week, one of the tweaks we're making this week is that we're, you'll, get a, you'll get the weekly, how many people you get the weekly devotion Do you get that email, okay, great, all right, great, That's cha- we're gonna, you'll get it this week, touch your neighbor, so you're going to get it this week and then we're going to tweak it up. Now, I, now, I don't want to say change because most people fear the word change, so if we, we say tweak, say tweak. It means the same thing, but you're not scared of the word. So we're going to tweak it up so that that week, watch this, you're not, we're focusing on one challenge, on one thing. So then, that way, that whole week we're focused on what did we get on Sunday, so we can apply it every day of our life. Amen, Amen church. Amen. So we'll, you'll see that as it rolls out. So enjoy that e update that you get this week, because it's going to change. It's going to tweak a little bit. It's going to tweak a little bit. All right. Now, 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 now. That was a side note. Luke eight eighteen. I'm almost done. Take heed to how you hear. Touch your neighbor. and Say, how do you listen? listen. Now, now, when you come to church. God is saying exactly what you need to hear. Even if you're like, well, that ain't really got nothing to do with my situation. Sometimes you don't need confirmation, you need revelation. In fact, if God has to keep repeating the same things, it's really a rebuke to say you're not getting it. Got it? Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. you have a, uh, I'm just going to make an example. Okay, I'm going to make an example. Okay, so don't actually move, okay? I'm just going use, use y'all as an example. Okay, y'all come pick this envelope up. 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 Every time I repeated, it, it was an indication that they didn't follow the original instruction. So when you come to church, don't talk about bishop. That's confirmation.com. That's rebuke. It means you ain't been listening to the first time you got the instruction. But I'm so glad that I serve a God that even when I don't follow the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, that he still gives me grace and mercy got it now watch this when you're listening i want to give you something to help you because in life sometimes when you got to make decisions you're frustrated you're flustered you're discouraged anybody had something like that happen Where well, you're just in the middle of the day and you're like i know i'm supposed to be on 10 but right now i just want to cuss and eat <laughs> where are the real people at i need a where are the real people at don't sit up and look all judgmental and religious okay thank you real people <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I, "I know I'm supposed to pray and command my day. I just want to cuss and go eat." Touch your neighbor and say, "Thank God He delivered you. Thank God he delivered you.". You better celebrate progress. Sometimes your neighbor speaks in tongues that don't need no interpretation. Used to. You have to be real in church. You have to be real in church because if you're faking church, you'll be faking life. So to just be real. How many people, you can be real? we done some stuff this year that, that we were. why did I do that? Let's just be real. How many people, you made some mistakes. You're like, why did I do that? Let's just be real. But the good news about when you're real is that God then can step in and heal. God can't heal fake folk. God can't heal the version of you you pretending to be. God needs you to just be real about where you're at, about what's going on so he can heal the real deal. Sometimes you need to be real. Sometimes you just need to be like, you know, I should have commanded my day. And my emojis got in the way. But I'm going to command it now. And next time my emojis are getting in the way, I'm going to just shake myself loose. I'm going to rock and shake and shake and rock until I shake myself loose of that. Here it is. So here's the deal. What do you do in those moments? Let me tell you. When you're in those moments, God will give you a rhema. Say a rhema a rhema is uh, we could say it like this it's a right now word say right now now. so you're getting rhema today that's that's a right now word for your life you're getting logos that's God's written word and it's being taught to you today but sometimes when you're in a when you're in a discouraging moment you're in a tough moment you're in a frustrating moment you just got a phone call you just got a text sometimes you need a a a rhema rhema nobody knows about rhema rhema I didn't say the Macarena. <laughs> what else you do? There you go. You got it. Here's the deal. Say Rayma, Rayma. I want to teach you a sore Say, 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 I'm lifted, I'm lifted to the level I listen. Level I listen. I'm going to save you some money. Because you're going to stop making bad decisions when you're frustrated. I'm going to save you some time because you're going to stop making bad decisions when you're frustrated. I'm going to save you some emotional energy because you're going to stop getting caught up in your emotions. All right, here it is. Here it is. Go to 1 Samuel 3. When God gives you a rama rama, it means I, I need it right now for what I'm in right now before my mouth writes a check. I remember one time I was chatting with somebody and I was chatting with them and they were just, uh, they were just talking and, 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 and all of that. And as they were talking and, and going, going, I said, I said listen, I'm going to talk to you real strong. I said, you need to shut up. <laughs> I said, because you're about to say something. And I'm just telling you, you I ain't going to be able to unhear what you said. I said, you just need to just, just hush. Somebody's calling your name. I said, you need a rama rhema right now. Because after you get out of them emotions. First Samuel 3. <laughs> now the boy, Samuel, ministered to the Lord. Touch the name and say, we're closing. Before Eli. Eli was the man of God. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. That's kind of like what's going on in America today. There, there's, there, there's, there's lots of churches, not a lot of revelation. And I'm not... In making an indictment on any men of God or any churches. What I'm saying is, is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people going around with all these fancy new, new titles now. You know, I'm prophet is this. Well, how come you can't prophesy and got yourself out to a mess? Amen. I'm prophet this. I'm evangelist this. You ain't evangelist nothing. You ain't want nobody to Jesus. Sit down. Amen. Since y'all didn't say nothing, that ain't no office. That's a gift. Now, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. That's why harvest has been sent. To reveal what? The revelation of the kingdom. Who God said you could be and what God said you could have. That's why I'm always preaching to you. Now is the time for the saints of the most high God to rise up and possess the kingdom. And proof that the kingdom is working is that if he's doing it here, in a place they call the church planter's graveyard, yet we're still standing to his glory and for his purposes and for his he told me 10 years ago he said son if you can do it here you can do it anywhere verse say for this reason where we sent uh-huh. say I'm needed here I'm wanted here I belong here verse 2 verse 2 verse 2 And it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place and his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was laying down. So who's Eli? Man of God. Now Samuel uh, is getting ready to be called into the ministry, but he's not there yet. Next verse. That the Lord called who? Samuel. Who called him? The The Lord. Called who? Samuel. And he answered, here I am. Next verse. So he ran to who? Eli. Who's Eli? And said? Wait, wait a minute. Who called him? God. What'd he sound like? Eli. Who's Eli? The man of God. When you need a rhema rhema, who's it going to sound like? The man of God, God's assigned to your life. If it sounds like you, that ain't God. If it sounds like your mama name, that ain't God. If it sounds like your dad and him, that ain't God. Let's keep reading the verse. He said, here I am for you, call me. And he said, I didn't call you, boy, go lay down and take a nap. And he went and laid down. Verse 6, <clears throat> then the Lord called yet again. Now notice, Lord is in all caps, which means that's God's covenant name. That means God himself is calling. Not an angel, not a representative, not a delegate. But even when God himself calls, he calls through the man of God's voice. Then the Lord called uh, yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you, called me. He answered and said, I didn't call you, my son. Go lay down and take a nap. Keep waking up. Give you some NyQuil, keep coming up. (laughs) Next verse. Now Samuel, watch this, didn't know the Lord. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Here's what I need you to get if we were to contemporize this, Samuel wasn't even a Christian. Now, of course, he would have been a Hebrew, but we're contemporizing the text. He wasn't even saved, yet he had enough sense to get to a man of God. Don't look silly and be saved talking about you hearing stuff God wouldn't have possibly said. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again to third time. So he rose and went to Eli and he said, here I am. This time he says, you did call me. Now I ain't trying to be disrespectful, but I heard you call me. You said, come here. I ain't crazy. You did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. What's the principle, church? Sometimes when you're in the middle of a discouraging situation, a frustrating situation, a messed up situation, watch this, watch Pygmalion, you're like, God, God, what am I supposed to do? When God speaks a rhema, rhema into you, he uses the familiar voice of the man of God he's assigned to your life in order to speak that rhema to you. That way you'll be able to validate it's God's voice. Because it could be you manifesting your will in a third person. Could be the devil. Could be somebody's unbiblical opinion playing. So God says, I'll use the voice of the man I assigned you to so that you'll know that's me. Which brings us to the third and final point. Say, I'm a man of steel. Third and final point, third and final point is we're opening up this series. Now, again, the majority of this series is going to be about opening up the book of you. Today, we're dealing with this because it's past Appreciation Month, and I just wanted to start it off this way so that you understood this, so we can move uh, in this, uh, so that we can have clarity as it relates from the, the man of God to the people of God, from the pulpit to the pew. Say, I'm a man of God. I'm a man of God. And of course, remember, you're a woman, just change it. All right? Now, now which brings us to the third point. Say, I must fully commit, must fully commit. to where I've been set. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 18. I need you to see this. I need you to see this. So remember, the first point is God gives you a man of steel or a man of God. Got it? Which brings us to the second point, which you're lifted to the level you can listen. This brings us to the third point, which is you must fully commit to where you've been set. See, I've been set here. See, I don't care how you found Harvest and how you found me. I don't care if it's Facebook, Twitter, Internet. you was walking by somebody. Somebody gave you an invite. Somebody threw something at your car, some whatever. I don't, okay, somebody got in the middle of the street and said, stop. You coming to church on Sunday. I don't care what happened. Do You need to understand it's not by coincidence. Say, this isn't coincidental. This isn't now, this isn't some game. This isn't some little scheme uh, to do none of that and all that. This is the d- divine, and, and this is providential. Say, God ordered this. All right, please understand. I know he ordered it because I'm in Denver. <laughs> Bless His holy name. First Corinthians 12:18. But now God. Who? God. Who? God. Who? God! Who? Yeah, yeah. Who did it? God did it. Yes, he did. But God said who? The members. Who's that? Y'all. Each one of them at harvest because it pleases him. No, 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 no. That's not how you respond. Because see, some of y'all have searched your whole life to find your fit. That's a matter of fact. That, that, that's the reason why. That's the reason why you. You sometimes even, even, even a message like this. The reason I had to teach it, and the reason I opened this series up with it, is because even a message like this sometimes is, is that it's not that you fear commitment. It's that you just fear being let down. You, 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 you've had so many disappointments from people and so many disappointments from folk and this and that and all that and so now when you talk about a principle like being set somewhere, it's a scary thing because you're not actually looking at what is, you're looking at what was and judging what is based on what has been I just said something right there so it's like I would get involved but the people might reject me L- listen to me, L- look at me, look at me Linda you've been set here you matter here let me look into the camera, you're wanted here You belong here. This is your fit. And now you need to be like MC Hammer and be too legit (laughs) (laughs) to quit. I was going to do some James, but I'll leave that up to you. Say, I belong here. I was set here. Verse He says, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as it pleased him. Now, watch this. Watch this. When you discover who you're sent to, you'll know what you're sent to do. And here it is, and I'm done, church. Have I helped anybody today? I know that this is a very pastoral message today. And so I maybe didn't shout you a lot and all that, but I need to make sure we understand this so we can move on what God is today. And say, I'm a man of steel. When you discover you, when you're sent to, you know what you were sent to do. So our purpose is universal. The Bible says that we're to reconcile the world back to Christ. Our assignment is how we do that. They say, I have an assignment. I have an assignment. Say, I have an assignment. I have an assignment. Now, there's two types of assignments heaven gives out. The first is an assignment to a problem. The second is an assignment to a person. When you're assigned to a person, that person's vision or problem becomes yours. You find out from them how you fit in. Say, I fit. I fit. No, no. Say, hashtag. hashtag. My life matters. My life matters. The, the, uh, listen, the most... The most scary place to be is in a place in life where you think your life has no meaning because people who have nothing to lose so they think live that way but you that's not your story that's not your testimony And maybe you don't have a lot of money maybe you don't have a lot of material things but i am here to tell you that ain't even the big stuff anyhow the big stuff is purpose the big stuff is assignment the big stuff is realizing you weren't born to just be a bump on the log. the big stuff is realizing since i'm here i'm gonna make my life matter the big stuff is realizing that since i was born i'm gonna be the type of christian that when i get up in the morning hell says don't go that we couldn't kill him don't go that we couldn't keep him down now, watch this. Watch how it works, because I want you to see, because you're like, Bill Bishop, so what kind of assignment do I have? I'm going to make it simple for you. Adam was assigned to interrupt the darkness going on in the earth. Revelation chapter 12 says that Satan had been cast down to the earth and one third of the angels, so darkness is on the earth that represents Satan. Satan's on the earth. God says, I'm going to make a son, my image and likeness, Tessalim in the Hebrew, and my image and likeness, and he is now going to deal with Satan. I'm not dealing with him. My son will deal with him. He's beneath me. My son will handle him. Revelation 12.9, here's the verse. Can I just give it to you real quick? Come on, Revelation 12.9, here's the verse. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of all called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth. He was cast out to, what? the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So when Adam shows up on the scene, who else is there? The enemy. And what was Adam supposed to do? He was supposed to be God in the earth. That's why Genesis 1.26 says, let us make man and let them have dominion. Say, I'm supposed to have dominion. See, see that's why that's why, there's something about you I know I'm preaching to you by your response there's something about you that when you just see passivity you're like Ugh. and when you just see people let life happen to them you're like Ugh. because because God's original intention has been stirred up in you because you found your man of steel so God can make you into a man of steel what, what's that? what I this? Adam's assigned to deal with that who's assigned to him? Eve catch it out Moses is assigned to deliver the Israelites who's assigned to him? Joshua Elijah's assigned to raise up a new generation of men of God who's assigned to him? Elisha Paul is assigned to preach the gospel to the Gentiles who's assigned to him? Timothy and Titus Gideon's assigned to deliver the people who's assigned to him? Gideon's army you catching the point? David is assigned to usher in uh, a new uh, a new uh, set of leadership in the nation, a man after God's own heart, and he's assigned to take down the giant. Who's assigned to him? Jonathan. Jesus is assigned to pay for our sins and to give us the keys back that Adam gave up. Who's assigned to him? Mary, his mama, and the twelve, and everybody else. Noah was assigned to build an ark. Who's assigned to him? His sons. So so some of you trying to figure out, well, Bishop, what am I on earth for? (laughs) You ain't been listening the whole time. This is no coincidence, church. I need you to catch this. This is no coincidence. You being here, me being here. Because please understand, had I had my will, we thank God for Denver. We love Aurora. We love Colorado. Amen. (laughs) I promise you, I just promise you, this is no coincidence. This didn't happen on accident. What do you mean when you put your hands together like this? You being here, me being here, we being here. Why? Why? God's assigned the people to a man of God. And now our assignment together is to change this community, change this region, change this state, change this nation, change this world. If not us, who? And if not now, when? This is not some church game we come to play. We don't come here just to get delivered and then leave and go back to mess and discouragement and all that. Touch your neighbor and say, we are, a we are a nation. We are a people. We are, people. We are, a, movement we are a movement of steel. I don't think you heard what I just said. I don't think you heard what I just said. Say, we are, we are. men of steel. So let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. Stop saying, well, it don't matter if I don't show up. Yes, it does. Stop saying, well, it don't matter if I'm not there. Yes, it does. Stop saying it doesn't matter if I give. Yes, it does. Stop saying it doesn't matter if I serve. Yes, it does. You matter here. You're not a number. You're not just another butt in a seat. For those of you offended by butt. Now, booty. Would you prefer booty? <laughs> I'm just joking, church. Don't get offended. Please don't send any emails. Please, please. You're not just another trunk in a seat. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. You matter. And let me talk to the men in our congregation. Hear me, men. Men, we like to be needed. I told the 915, we love being needed. In fact, if we don't feel needed, we'll go find a project. And that's why a lot of men have become Captain saver somebody's. somebodies. <laughs> because you go find a project from the projects, and she acts project-ish. Say amen. Because we like to be needed. Some of you women are the same way too. You find the worst possible man, And talk about, I'm going to fix him up. Because we all like to be needed. Men, we like to be needed. So let me make it clear. Let me make this unambiguous, as unambiguous as I possibly can. You're needed. And I need you to fully commit where you've been set. You've been set here. So I'm challenging you to fully commit. And for many, that's just taking your first step, which is KOU. For some, you've taken KOU. You've got to start serving. I'm talking to the cameras, so we're talking to all our digital campuses, and everybody here on the sound of my voice needs you to fully commit to where you've been set. Get in where you fit in. You fit here. You fit here. I said you fit here. I said you fit here. You'll stop being upset when you commit to where you've been set reason you keep dealing with the same stuff and you come out of Egypt to only go back into it is because you haven't fully committed to God's pattern which means you haven't fully understood his principle which is why I had to go back over it again today this is divine this is no game, this is no joke this isn't just some little part of your journey this is the journey this isn't just part of your journey, this is the journey what is Jesus building? the church so I want to challenge you. Men, you're needed. We will not be the kind of church men that sits back and lets the women do everything. We will. Now, let's thank God for... for now, don't misinterpret that. I believe in women. Okay? My, 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 my top gladiators are women. But, but here's the point though. Men, we won't be the kind of church... What happens in many churches in America? Well, y'all seem to got it worked out. Y'all don't need me. Look, bruh. We need you. You matter. You fit here. Well, Bishop, I'm still working out some issues. Good. Everybody else is too. Bishop, I, I still cuss and fuss. Just don't do it up in the building. <laughs> And if you do, do it in the bathroom with the door shut. No, I'm just joking, I'm joking, church, I'm joking. I remember one time I was baptizing somebody and they got in the cold water. You remember that? And they, they hollered, oh, Sheila. Oh, Sheila, but Sheila was another type of dog. They did it right here, too. Right here. (laughs) It's right here. (laughs) (laughs) I said, Bishop, what's the point? The point is, you need it. You want it. Your contributions matter. Not just your giving. Your giving matters, too. But your serving matters. You're inviting people to matter. You being here matters. As a pastor, I just need to be honest. When I look out and see you, it gives me strength. Particularly this year. 2016 has been a great year, but I'm happy as 5776. The spiritual year is gonna be over in a few hours. I'm happy as can be that this year is over. Y'all not saying that to me. I'm running out of 5776. Like at six o'clock, I'm gonna be playing shout music. I'm a periscope for you. I'm gonna be shouting in my kitchen. I get ready to sing that if he brought me through all that brought me song, whatever that was, we sang. It brought-me song. We're gonna do that as a church. Now, but but I'm serious, you need to know that. And so, men, I need you, I need you to I need you to get involved. Ladies, I need you to get involved. I, I need you to do this. It's strength to me when I see uh, our people. It's strength to me when I see them. you. You need to know that. And when I don't see you, you need to know there'd be stuff I'll be saying in my head. Can I just be real? I need you. We're called to do a great work. And so sometimes people just need to be given a high expectation. Okay? Sometimes people just need to know that what they're doing, it actually means something. And it does. It means something to the guy I ran into the other day who said, Bishop, you don't know me. He said, but I get auto messages, and I watch you and all that. And I was at the grocery store real late, and I was a little delirious. No, I was. I was singing songs in the grocery store. <laughs> I saw honey and started singing. I just, I it was all kinds of, stuff. I just, that was, was, was a long day. But I need you to know that. I'm not a perfect leader, I'm a loyal one. And as I look at this year and I look at what's ahead of us, church, we need each other. Look at the neighbor and say, we need, you. we need you. So don't come up in here more talking about it don't matter if I'm there or not. Yes, it does. If all you local streamers, I told you Wednesday, you need to come on in the building if you're local. Amen. Amen. It matters. Say it matters. It, matters. it does. need you to know that. As your pastor, I want you to know you matter to me. I'm not in this for any other reason except for the fact that God told me to 10 years ago. And I did what I was told. And he's been good to me because of that. And I am thankful for that. But we got a lot more work to do. I said we got a lot more work to do. I'm not satisfied. I'm grateful. I ain't satisfied. What does that mean? Because there's so many more lives for us to change. In this region, in Dallas, Chicago, Miami, um, Atlanta. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. There's a whole lot of license. There's a lot of churches in there. Everybody got church. Everybody got church. Like. You know, everybody, like four years, talking about God's called me to preach the word, brother. I need you. Sam, need it. Father, I bless you for this time together. I pray that this congregation would have heard my words today and that we move and walk in
1: what you were doing today. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.